0: I'm Deontay Burden, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamaru Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Luke Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort?
1: I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Gildas Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robinson and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media and DailyThunder.com. And with me today is my good friend, McKellie. Kelly, yeah, what's up? Well, we had the Bayes game and the Shea game. Oh, man. So I was, I was in the arena last night. Uh, Bayes was awesome. He was aggressive. He took 10 shots. Took, Bayes took more shots than both Chris Paul and Danilo Gallinari last night. Uh, three of six from three, 17 points, five boards, a block, and only one turnover. Uh, he was spectacular, and no fouls with solid defense. I mean, this was it was about as good as it can get, and I and I loved Billy's response about it last night. It was funny. Uh, Brandon from Daily Thunder asked, you know, about his breakout game, and it was to me, it was a breakout game. Billy's like, yeah, I don't really see it as a breakout game. Is going to really struggle this year. <laughs> He's like, Yeah, it was just okay. And it was like, That's the perfect answer. Because yeah. I think if you go out and say, like, Yeah, this is a breakout game for him, great kid, he works hard, does all you know, then you start piling on some expectations for him. And being a 19 year old playing in the NBA, and even after having a game like this, like it's good to have the reminder that, like, Okay, like he's got a he's got a long ways to go like physically. He's got a long ways to go mentally. He's got a long ways to go. Great that he had a good game, um, but you know he he played against you know went right at Jackson Hayes, who I found out that they both are from Cincinnati, Ohio, mm-hmm. um, and so they grew up together and knew each other and took a picture after the game. But um, Hayes Hayes was not good last night, um, and he he blew by him for a layup and. Really felt like the uh, the the lane was open, and he also took those threes, which was great. But, anyways, he was awesome. And what, what were your what are your big takeaways from from Baze's game?
0: I mean, first, uh, a, a small comment on, on what Billy said. I mean, he he had to say that. Yeah. I mean, even if you are confident that Baze will sustain um, part. Of what he showed last night, I mean, you you cannot say anything different. And I think it's it's good also uh, not to get overly excited by prospect. Billy was right last season uh, to say those things uh, about Diallo, mm-hmm. who had like a not not this kind of game. Uh, I don't remember him scoring 17 points. Maybe I'm I'm wrong, um, but still, he he. Tempered our expectation a bit, and he was right because the ALO struggled. Mm. Uh, then maybe struggle also because he didn't get the playtime he deserved. But anyway, um, I I think it's the right thing to do. But on the other end, you really need to notice that base was doing sort of sustainable things. Yeah. like he, he wasn't taking uh, one-legged, uh, out-of-balance, mid-range jumpers. He was taking extensive trees, which is something that he will probably have uh, at his disposal whenever he wants uh, in his offense, like for two, three, four, five times a game. And then driving when whenever the closeout was there. And I think that he has something to clean up in terms of the way he approaches uh, layups at the rim, because sometimes he's a little bit um, confused on what he has to do. Um, And some other time, like, for example, when he did that reverse layup, it was really decisive and he he knew what he wanted to do. And so when he cleaned up those stuff, having a three-point range, like a reliable three-point shot plus a closeout, it's something to work on and so I like that and as you said I mean I liked the defensive effort he wasn't perfect because sometimes he he let his man like driving past him but for the most part he was able to play good enough defense and this for a rookie is surprising period Uh, I don't care what Billy says on that I think that Billy meant um, everything on the offensive part of his game defensively when you are reliable you are reliable And, and that is something that basically I think Ah, uh, will have to a certain degree. I mean, he was not guarding Steph Curry or uh, James Harden, but if you can slide him on the fourth to fifth option of the opponent team, and he's not bad, this is a win for you.
1: Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, you know, he played 19 minutes last night. Yeah, and I think you're right. What Billy probably wants to temper is the five of ten from the field, three of six from three. That's yeah, that's a that's going to be a tough one for him to replicate. Uh, I did look back at Diallo's year last year. He did score 18 points in the 16th oh, game of the season against the Kings. Um, oh, wow. Which was kind of kind of an interesting one. It's one that they lost in Sacramento early on in the season. Uh, but he was 7 of 7 from the field, uh, 2 of 2 from 3, which is kind of a shocker. Uh, yeah. But then he only scored double digits two more times after that for the whole season. So.
0: I didn't remember the 18 game, but anyway, uh, I'll have to check how much of that was garbage time or how uh, much. It was of that. a
1: close game. They lost by four oh, but, in then, Sacramento. Then no garbage time. Yeah, and it was
0: real 18 points. I mm-hmm. forgot completely. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah,
1: I know. He started that game. <laughs> oh, okay. So I guess Ferg must have been out. Uh, speaking of Ferg being out, Ferg only played five minutes and 26 seconds last night. He sat on the bench. Uh, with what they described as flu-like symptoms. I Then he posts after the game on Instagram, I'll have to pull up what it said, but alluding to that he's having a tough time, um, and that includes something to do with his daughter. And so, man, I don't know if last night that he really had the flu. Yeah, it says, so he posted, the devil's working his beep off in my life. Y'all please pray for me and my daughter with prayer hands and then he said she's my everything so here's the deal like we just don't really know what's going on in the lives of these guys when it comes to ferguson or steven adams i think that we think of them as just like these basketball players that we watch 82 got 82 times a season and then hopefully in the playoffs and you know they have this skill set they have this ability and they're this athletic or they're this skilled at that and just think like well they should be able to play up to their potential like this is nba 2k but the truth is there's lots of stuff and you guys can identify with this there's lots of stuff that goes on in all of our lives and sometimes life is just kind of sailing pretty easy you know you have a little bumps in the road here and there and sometimes you have massive things happen to you and it does change your job performance It, it changes Uh, can change a lot of things about you. And I think that Ferguson might be going through a moment like that. Whether or not it was actually the flu last night, I don't know. I can't say. Um, That's just what the Thunder said. And he did not look like he was doing well last night. He had a towel over his head. He had his hood on the whole time. You would think if he actually had the flu, uh, which I don't think he had the flu. I think he had flu-like symptoms, um, that he would have been removed from the bench. But um, anyways, he's had a disappointing start to the season. Uh, and then last night was just kind of continued disappointment. But uh, if I'm, and I can't tell you guys what to do, but for me, I'm just going to cut him some slack and give him some time. Uh, because you just you just never know what somebody else is going through. And so I'm cutting him some slack. Hopefully he can get back on the court. Hopefully he can get himself in the right state of mind moving forward.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's sad that Terrence has to go um, through whatever yeah. is Going through in his life, uh, if something happens with your kids, uh, it's tough to ask that you are at your best at work. I know for a fact that when my daughter is even sick or she doesn't sleep or whatever, I'm not at best, at my best in my regular office job. And so I can't imagine how it is to perform at the highest level uh, in the entire planet. Like the NBA is the best basketball on the planet and you have to perform at your best to be good. And and so I don't want to say like it's bad to say, well, he has an excuse, then it's okay. I don't know. I I don't want to say things one way or the other. I I, I just I just point out that this is not something that he created for himself. And and so it's it's. It's sad because I mean he he has and he has and, and he will have a very important season ahead, and I would hope that he has the entire um, possibility to get the most of it. And I think he will. Uh, I hope that uh, in the future we will see a, a different version of Terrence and probably um, we will see also another version of Steven because I refuse, I completely refuse to believe that this is the version of the Stephen Adams that we will see uh, for the entire season, because mm-hmm. Steven is clearly going through something. He's not catching the ball. He's um, he's not as tough in his screens, and he's a, a tad slow on certain stuff. And um, I don't know what's the reason behind it, but surely there is something going on because you, you don't forget how to play basketball in, in like, not even in the summer, because in the preseason, it was great. Mm-hmm. So you don't forget how to play basketball right. in two weeks. Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, Steven Adams right now, um, even without him playing, is fifth overall in post-up frequency in the NBA. Uh, but of the top 13 players in post-up frequency, he's by far the worst in points per possession. He's at a point six four per post-up, yep. which if, if you gave him the ball 100 times, he'd score 64 points. It's just not enough. Like, it's just not enough. It's not good enough. A post up is already like an inefficient way to score. It's not a way that uh, you should be looking at a lot. But if you're .64, you should you just shouldn't be posting up. And I don't think that's the case with Stephen. I think that he's he's closer to a point per possession on a post up um, than he is half a point. And to this point in the season, he's he's been really bad. And so. I'm with you, I'm not, for he and Ferg, I'm not ready to say that the Thunder should give up on them, I'm not ready, because it was weird, because it felt, we didn't know that Ferg, uh, that news hadn't been delivered from the Thunder until way after halftime, about Ferguson sitting out the rest of the game. Um, mm-hmm. And Hami just started the second half, you're like, oh, okay, is this is this really what's happening? <laughs> was my response, yeah. and a lot of people are like, yeah, of course, because he's been a lot better. Yeah, I know he's been a lot better, but you don't give this, you know, f- five-and-a-half-game sample size and say, like, well, that's it, throwing in the towel, get him out of here. You know, it felt weird. It felt really weird. Uh, Because last year had the same – he had a worse start than this. Uh, Shot the ball Mm. a lot worse than he has, Ferguson. Um, And so, yeah, I just – I think the Thunder are typically very patient – with their guys and give them some Mm -hmm. rope, especially this season. Like this, this isn't the season that you're wanting to pull guys. And so it felt weird, but I'm glad to know that it's not that, um, I'm interested to see how he plays moving forward. Um, something else that I'm interested in is KP's cleaning service. KP's cleaning service is a, uh, local business here in Oklahoma city. They service Oklahoma city and the surrounding areas. KP's cleaning service is dedicated to giving clients a unique cleaning experience. Uh, please give them a call, 405-290-8172 for a free quote. You can also find them on Facebook or Instagram. If you're having company or if you're having people come in from out of town and you need somebody to clean your house because you don't have time, you got a bunch of stuff for the kids at school going on, you've got um, who knows what. It's a busy time of year and you need somebody to come clean your house because you're hosting Thanksgiving or hosting Christmas or something. Give them a call. They'll give you a free quote. Uh, tell them that Down to Dunk sent you, and they may may give you a little special. So they clean my house, and every single time I, my wife tells me that they're coming today, I get excited because I know when I walk in, I'm going to look in every single room, and the house is just going to be immaculate. So support the people who support Down to Dunk, and go check out KP's cleaning service. Uh, okay, I got a few stats for you, McKellie, from last night. Okay. Uh, So overall, team they're two and four on the season. They're twenty sixth in offensive rating at a one hundred one, not great. Uh, They are third in defense so far through six games at a ninety eight point one, which is very good and feels unsustainable. uh, But they have been a solid defensive team, and that puts them at twelfth in net rating at a two point nine. So. If they're at 12th in net rating, they're going to finish the season a lot better than 2-4, and four, or the 2-4 and four mm-hmm. record that they're at now. Um, but they've also had a tough schedule, and they've also lost to the Wizards, which was really a stupid thing to do. Uh, another stat, there were 32 letters exchanged last night on the back of the jerseys between these two cousins, Shea Gilders-Alexander and Nikhil Alexander-Walker. 32 letters between both their last names. Isn't that unbelievable?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, they, they they have very long surnames, and yeah, it's but they look kind of good on the on the shirts. I mean, they are not horrible. Yeah,
1: uh, very I, very curved.
0: I, yeah, curvy. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, it's. Um, I mean, they are. They're great, uh, both of them. I mean, I, I think, um, I don't know if Nikhil will, will have the same kind of trajectory that that Shay has yeah. uh, right now. Uh, because I think he could be like a tad lower mm-hmm. in terms of um, a ceiling for various reasons. Like he doesn't have the change of speed that Shea has and, and, and other stuff. But surely it's great to have a cousin, like two cousins that play in the NBA. They are basically brothers for what I yeah, I heard and and mm-hmm. read, and um, it's cool. It's cool that they, they they face each other. They they had some moments where they really went. They they really be- go back and went back and forth. And so yeah, it was cool to watch. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I like Nikhil I mean, if you listen to us last season or throughout the summer, uh, you know that this was one of Nikhil and I's guys. Like we yeah we think he's awesome. Uh, and I think he'll be a good player in the league. I mean, it's been just a few games for the Pelicans, and he played. Eight minutes. I didn't expect Frank Jackson to be a guy that got a big chunk of minutes off the bench, um, but he's played well. I thought he played pretty well for the for the Pelicans last night. They've got they've got a lot of interesting guys on their team. The Pelicans yeah. do overall. Um, I think that Josh Hart's really interesting. I thought he was really good last yeah. night. Um, yeah, he, he guards like he guards bigger. He guards bigger guys pretty well, um, and was actually like put in the position to guard bigger guys quite a bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I like uh, the the kind of player, a guy who can grab rebounds, that can do multiple things on the court, maybe driving with the ball and, and, and like handling is not his best. But when you have a guy who can defend multiple positions and, and shoot the ball particularly well from three, um, like he does, um, I think you have something there. And maybe he can add more. Uh, he's not a young player, so I, I don't see right. him developing as much. Uh, but you have a very solid player that bonds well with what you want to do in terms of team construction, because yeah. you have uh, you need to have players like that if you want to maximize Zion talent, um, which I think brings us to another very cool thing that we saw uh yesterday on the court and it's not nader uh playing uh, <laughs> awful defense is gallinari at the five i think mm-hmm. that this if you have I, I thought about this because i mean zion is not like a, a floor spacer so you need to, to to create space for him and i was thinking about diallo uh like not like you don't play for Diallo but to have a guy like that who can screen who can be physical having five, four guys who can shoot the ball with him on, on the court is it, helpful and i think that that lineup uh, you the one with Gallinero, the five and with uh, like all the small guards plus Diallo uh, i think it's something that OKC could use in spots Mm-hmm. Even if the other team plays center, maybe it, it, like if he's a post-up player, but then maybe not. But, or, or I don't know, if he's a very strong rim runner, maybe not. But um, in spots, I think that the Gallo at the five could unlock very interesting things for Diallo, for Shea, and even for Schroeder, who he... It has been like very, very good, I think, in terms of um his aggressiveness on the court. maybe not so the results in terms of shooting and efficiency. but I like what I saw. I mean, I, I hope that other teams like what they saw in, <laughs> in Dennis play. I mean, yeah, yeah, like one way or the other, if if someone offers from for shooter, it means that you're you're maximizing him and mm-hmm. it's it's good anyway. I mean, uh, even if you want to keep it mm-hmm. to keep him.
1: Yeah, I mean, last night was was an interesting shooter night. Uh, things I don't love, I don't love him being the guy that leads the team in shot attempts. I think that last night's matchups dictated that, though, which I do like. I mean, Billy, I asked Billy last night about him being the primary ball handler. You know, at the end of the game, because when he was playing with Shea and Chris, because I he's the third guy I would want to have the ball, but you know, Shea was really smart and basically pulling drew holiday out of the play defensively. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you have, uh, Lonzo ball who's guarding Chris Paul, and then you're left with the weaker defender on, on Schroeder. And so they just let Schroeder take it. And he ended up closing the game out nicely. Uh, he had that layup and then he got fouled and went to the line and hit both free throws. So, I mean, you can't argue with the results. Um, and the process is fine. And I think that he's a guy that probably won't be on the Thunder for super long. Even Chris Paul was doing a good job selling him last night, saying, you know, he's a starting point guard in this league. (laughs) He's a a starter in the NBA. It's like, ah, yes. Good job, Chris.
0: Yes, he is. Come on, continue. Please continue. He definitely
1: is. No, he played well. And defensively, he really competes. I thought that he probably did the best job on J.J. Redick last night out of anybody. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, I mean, Diallo was covering him some, and he would just get lost. And Diallo's a good... I think he's a solid on-ball defender because he's really strong and he's really athletic. But when it comes to like reading a defense, I mean, Diallo gets lost all the time. And he yeah. still has a lot of work to do. And so people... I, I know, like, he, he can... Diallo's just like a highlight reel. He's awesome. I mean, he had that windmill dunk that... And uh, I tweeted about this. The arena got really loud last night. And it's one thing that I was looking for was, again, what happens in big moments of games is the arena still get loud. And people still get excited. Like the answer is yes. I mean, people were very excited to see Diallo do what he did last night um and throw down that windmill dunk. It was, it was really fun. And he puts together, he really helps kind of bring the arena up a little bit, but when it comes to like sound technical defense, he still has a long way to go. I mean, a really long way to go. Uh, and it really stuck out to me when he was guarding JJ because he's such a tough cover because he's always moving, he's always finding a spot on the court uh, where he can make a shot. And it's not just around the three point line like he he looks for just good shots and finds them often. And so I thought, you know, just credit to Schroeder on on his defense against JJ Redick last night because I mean JJ was great. He had 17 points himself, four of nine from three, six of 12 overall uh he was solid and he's a tough cover and so um not to like bash Giallo or anything cuz i thought he had a great game 12 points uh five boards uh and just some of the worst misses from 3 that you could ever yeah. see i mean he had one corner 3 that missed so far wide left that you're just like oh oh no yeah. i mean it was not didn't have a a chance to even
0: clang i mean it just no <laughs> no 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 and he, i think he called it um i heard from the telecast that that, that his voice like he's screaming something like wide or, or stuff like that it was, it was yeah um I guess you give credit where credit's to do on that i don't know what to do with
1: that like that's just awkward oh no i oh, know i missed that no. <laughs> so, uh, another stat from last night one challenge lost from billy donovan billy it was his first challenge of the season it was on a goaltending call, and he lost the challenge and lost the timeout. So, I hear a lot of people kind of complaining about the challenge. I So, here's what I, I don't think the challenge is for the regular season, necessarily. I think the challenge mm-hmm. is for the playoffs. I think, and this is time where you get to practice it, and you get to practice it within the game. I don't like it personally, because I think it kills game flow, and I don't like mm-hmm. anything that kills game flow, but... I mean, and this call would have gone against the Thunder and it would have been would have been rough, but you know, you challenge a play call at the end of that game five of the Western Conference semifinals against the Clippers, and if Doc had kept his challenge and he challenged one of those at the end of the game, the Thunder would probably lose. You know, yeah. it's it's something a coach can use that could dictate the outcome of a game. And like look for that to be very important come playoff time. If you have these tight seven game series, it could be, you know, what Doc Rivers won the Clippers that series with the challenge, you know, yeah. because his call was overturned or whatever. I mean, that's that's where it's going to be important. Regular season I kind of hate it because it does slow stuff down and it's like whatever, but I think come playoff time it will be important and that's why I think it will stay around because I think it could end up changing the course of NBA history. And for the right reasons, because you want them to get those calls right at the end of the day, you want the right call to be made, and so I think that's when we'll we'll really see its
0: true functionality, yeah, and likely it will be something that either concerns someone fouling too early like uh, right. I, I I'd see him I'd see something like that use if your best defender picks up his third foul and is, is uh, like maybe uh, a weird call and, and maybe you can use it early in the game. But other than that, I think it's something that you have to use when the game is on the line in the last two minutes. Yep. Um, because what happens if you really need it and you lost it? Which is something weird about this rule. I mean, I would much rather have something that I can use and if I'm right, I, I have it. I still have it for for another time in the game. Like, if I challenge you I'm, and I'm right, why do I lose it? Like um, there are sports where, for example, volleyball, where you can use it that way mm-hmm. um, or even tennis, probably. Anyway, uh, it's interesting. I mean, it, it was a like a very minor uh, moment to use it. And, and Billy tried it. It was it was a very weird action because she have blocked uh, Holiday and then Noelle blocked it off the board. Uh, on some angle, it seems that it was a legit call. On another angle, it seems that the, the, the ball touched the backboard first, and so it was it was completely uh, right what the official did. But anyway, mm-hmm. it was fun to to watch. News. Um, one thing that I want to ask you is: Are you more surprised that Mike Muscala is <laughs> oh on two point four wide open shots oh, shooting man. like zero percent? or Hamidu Diallo being 0.2 over 1.2 14%. Uh, I'm more surprised about Mascala. Yeah. I mean it's it's horrible. OKC overall is shooting 29.6% in wide open shots. <laughs> uh <laughs> like I like, I know that he- <laughs> Oh boy, that is a fun stat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know that OKC has a bad uh, offensive rating so far, but if you have like forty percent, um, it's it's already four point five points per possession better. Mm-hmm. Like if you have the same percentage you have uh, on open shots, which is again forty one point three percent, you'll have immediately four point five points more. Which is 106 probably, mm-hmm. and it's a fine offensive rating, not a great one, but a fine net rating. And I think that if you have that, then you are not two and four, but rather four and two, yeah. uh, which is again meaningless for uh, for the season because OKC is likely not competing for the playoffs uh, and will focus on other stuff. But still, it is very weird that Presty travel all the way to Minnesota to bring in a shooter that can space the floor and ends up with a guy who is shooting is like 6% from three? Something like that? It's, it's crazy. I mean... Uh, Five, y- yeah, 5.6%. Oh, thank you. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's insane. One Five of six. 18. Yeah, yeah. One of 18. That's, I mean, that's
1: just... Uh, I mean, it's, it's really it's unbelievable. Super,
0: like, it's unlikely. If you, if yes. you have a player... And like a professional NBA player who used to make shots in his career, like take I don't know, uh, even Robertson, it, like one of eighteen for Robertson is unlikely. Mm-hmm. Not as, but for Muscala, it's it's almost like I don't know. Uh, it's it, it will it, it is crashing my mathematical mind. Yeah, or, or what is left of it. He's
1: a mid thirties three point yes. shooter. He's proven that over the course of his career. That's yeah. what he is, and he will be that that's it it will happen he allegedly <laughs> he will go on some kind of streak if he continues to play he will go on some yeah. kind of streak if they continue to let him play he will go on a streak he'll make some shots and it, it all balances out that's what usually happens I mean we're still in in a weird small sample size um, yes of what what this team is what they can be uh, that piled on with the the likelihood that we'll see multiple trades of you know, their top five players this year. I mean, it's it's going to happen. It's it's yeah. There's going to be a lot of change for the better for some guys. Some guys are going to come back down to earth. I don't think that we'll... I mean, last night, I don't think that we'll see Muscala be this bad. And I'm not a Muscala guy. Okay, You all know that. Like, this is not... <laughs> he's not my guy. It's, he's
0: your guy. I don't, don't okay, no. <laughs> like <laughs> He's right? not
1: my guy, but I know that he's not this bad. And Baisley is my guy. And I know he's just not going to be this great for the whole season. You know, it's just, this is just basketball in you? one. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's going to finish the season averaging 17 points per game. Thank
0: you. Thank you.
1: That is a uh, good uh, A couple of SGA anyway, stats that kind of blew me away. Can, uh, can I
0: give you first one of Vuscala's deal? Oh, yes, please. 100% yes. percent from the free throw line and 5.6 from the 3.9. Oh must my be gosh. The, the greatest difference between the two. Uh, <laughs> I can see. It incredible
1: 94.4 yeah that's that's crazy that's yeah that's crazy he's four four from the free throw line jeez uh okay so Gildas alexander i can't tell you how impressed i am with him and i'm gonna this is how it's gonna be all season is that he continues to just destroy expectations and be much better than i thought he would be last night he was great i mean especially without any real rim protector uh, he was going to the rim whenever he wanted and taking angles and he was doing all kinds of stuff. He was, he was truly great last night, eight of 14 from the field, three of five from three. He hit a step back three last night. I remember Alex and I were talking yeah. about that. I don't remember the step back before, but he hit a step back three, not just against any def- defender he over Brandon Ingram. Who's one yeah. of the lankiest guys in the NBA. Um, I hope Brandon Ingram is okay, by the way. I hope that he can get back on the court soon because he's he's awesome, too. I think he's going to be very good, but he went out with a head yep. injury. Um, but SJ was great. Uh, that step-back three was really encouraging because that's something that if he wants to be a star, he's got to have it. I mean, you have to have it. There's very few uh, guards in the league that play at his pace that are s- stars that don't have a step-back three. And so... That was encouraging, 4-5 or five from the free throw line, 8 boards, 4 assists, 23 points overall, and a block. He continues to uh, be one of the best blocking guards on the team by far. Uh, but this stat was kind of unbelievable. So far this season, again, small sample size, but it, at least it's, we have something to go on. Uh, he's 15th in points per possession on isolations in the entire NBA at a .94 per isolation. Um, and 0.94 is, it's good it's not like crazy good but for an isolation player uh in his second year it's pretty darn good and he's also 1.24 points per possession on spot ups um which is not a, a crazy elite number right now but for a player that came into the season we didn't quite know what he was we knew he's good at creating off the dribble and stuff like that but uh the hitting threes at the rate that he is on spot up and, and in isolation uh, producing like he is uh, he's been pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, and you have to include that he's also producing in peak and roll settings. Yep. Because having like 0.96 uh, in peak and roll is again above average. Being way above average in isolation, spot ups, transition, and peak and roll ball handling mm-hmm. is a very very good news. I mean he is getting basket in different fashion. He is not a guy that does things one way. Like he has multiple solutions, and I think that one that we didn't uh, get to see too much, op- too too often, is is mid range jumper. Mm-hmm. That is something that we don't like in general, especially the the long two. But Shea is very good in getting to a paint two. Um, when he drives, he's able to stop and and get to his, I don't know, eight to 10 feet, uh, jump, maybe 10 to 12 feet jumper, which is something that he used to use uh, when he was um, last year in Los Angeles, especially in this playoff game against um, the Warriors. And I think that this is a weapon that he used, like, not so much uh, for now, but it's something that can diversify a lot especially if big men will wait for him at the rim mm. then you you basically use a pick and roll you you go over the first line of defense and then there is a go bear is waiting for you because doesn't want to give you the layup if you have uh, a 10 15 feet jumper then your defender is dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has to make a choice and you can punish him uh, either way. Uh, it's it's basically, it's not a floater, but it's something very similar in terms of, of the use, um, like the use in a, in a play. So I, I I really like what I saw from Shea. And I like the fact that when he was guarded by Giroli, as you said before, he was like judicious enough to recognize that him being A decoy was the best thing he can do for his team and realizing that when you are a a young player that wants to shine and stuff like that it's it's very important
1: uh yeah it's it's huge uh some shooting stats from shea on the season so far from zero to three feet he's 60.7 percent uh which is great and it's and you think, oh man, I don't know if he'll be that good the rest of the season. He was sixty three percent last year, <laughs> and yeah. from zero to three feet. Um, from three to ten feet, he's thirty two percent, which is not stellar. Uh, but last season, he's forty one percent. And so, like some of the stuff, I'm like, oh my gosh, is he going to get better or worse? Or is you know what is it? I like, I don't I don't know the answer to it, but. There's room to improve there. 32% is not great from 3 to 10 feet, obviously. Uh, from 10 to 16 feet, he's 83% on the season. Yeah. So that will fall. And then uh, in the further mid-range up to three, up to the three-point line, he's 60%. And then from three, he's 37.9% on the season, uh, which has been impressive. And his three-point shooting overall has been impressive. Last season, 1.7 three-point attempts per game, on 36%, and you thought, oh, okay, if he could shoot 36% and up that to like three, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's almost at five a game, 4.8 per yeah. game. He's shooting 37.9%, and there's nothing about his shot in particular that I think is it's unsustainable. So I think that he'll finish between the 35 and the 38% from three on the season would be my prediction, uh, and that that's that's good enough. You know, that's that's good enough for a guard. Uh, especially if you're taking five a game, I mean yeah. that's that's more than ideal. I mean, I did not, I would not have predicted that, you know, before the no. season at all.
0: No, I remember us discussing. Well, maybe if he can sustain thirty six and and again go slightly up. Now he's he's really using the tree as a weapon to um, to force his defender to to stay up. And that's that's extremely important. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shea is already a guy that demands attention wherever he's in the court, and like no one could have said that, could have predicted that um, five months ago. I mean, he had a great summer. Clearly, uh, his trainer, um, I remember Brad uh, writing about him, Brad Dawson, um, yeah. and he was like pumping him up say he's working on his trees working on this, this this and that and it seems so far that it was as good as advertised hmm. and um I really like what I saw from Shea and and even defensively the first two three games uh I wasn't very pleased because he was not as physical uh it was not like like um, how can I say that it, w- it was not sharp enough on the defensive side, sure, I think that over the last three games he has been much much better on that and more active uh, more willing to uh put his body and and stuff like that which which are important i mean he is he is a very good uh sound player on on both sides uh which is something that uh that helps and um he again he can count on his defense on any given night. He will have rough shooting nights. He had some, like for example, against Portland, but I thought his defense was okay. And that's very, very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
1: they've gotten, they've gotten better as a team throughout these six games, mm-hmm. which I think, I think is important. Uh, I think they're getting more comfortable with each other. In The locker room last night, I thought the dynamic was really interesting. Um, one, uh, Deontay Burton gave me a little hug, and it was maybe a hug, and maybe just that he was trying to move me out of the way because I was standing in his way. I don't know. I'll call it a hug. That happened. <laughs> um, and then uh, it was really just a casual environment. Just like there's no pressure. There's nobody like, kind of like ruling the locker room kind of thing. It just had a it had a different feel. And the guys were excited because it was after a win. I'd like to be there after a loss as well. Um, I just haven't had much of a chance with my, uh, other stuff going on to, to get to the arena. But I thought the, the environment was, was really interesting. Uh, Gallinari, who's a, I have a stat on Gallinari, uh, but his outfit after the game was awesome. And everybody in the locker room was loving it. Schroeder, uh, was hollering at him. Shay, I don't know if you saw it. So on my, go to, you can go to my Twitter feed. I did a periscope of, um, Gallinari and in the midst of that. So go watch the video and you can see SGA in a towel, taking a picture of him, like with <laughs> bumped up to all the media. It's really funny. Uh, so these guys, they seem to genuinely like each other. And I, I think that the vets are good. have been really good for the locker room. I think that you could kind of worry about, you know, what, what Chris Paul is like in the locker room. I think he's going to be really good for these guys and teaching them. And also he's moving out of the way to give them a chance. Uh, I think he's moving out of the way a little bit too much for Schroeder, but I think that he's moving out of the way and teaching a guy like SGA, you know, how to be a pro and how to be a star. I think that he's wanting to show him that. Uh, We talked about uh, pick and roll ball handler, point per possession. Uh, The best player on the Thunder and the second best player in points per possession in the NBA is Danilo Gallinari. Um, as a pick and roll ball handler, it's not many, it's two per game. So it's not anything to freak out about, but at 1.58 points per possession, I would say I'd like to see it more. (laughs) Um, Chris Paul is at a 1.15 second on the thunder. Uh, that's an, I mean, obviously still a great player. Sj as we mentioned, 0.96, that's still a nice number that he's tied with Steph Curry. Um, who will stay at 0.96 for a long time because he won't be playing basketball for a while. Uh, and then Schroeder, 0.67, which is, again, like if you're in the 60s on points per possession, that's not where you want to be. Um, so anyhow, that's, that's, I, that's where we're at with the Thunder and points per possession on a pick and roll.
0: I'm surprised that you didn't mention who's leading uh, the pack in pick and roll ball handling. Oh, it's our guy.
1: Our guy, <laughs> Derek White. Not, not yeah. a shock to us at all. If no, you, no. If you've been listening to our podcast for a while, <laughs> you know that we're not surprised at all that our guy Derek White leads the entire NBA in points per possession in the pick and
0: roll. Trust me, I did. I did notice and got very excited. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I think that Gallo, he's playing as he plays like he's a guy who can really 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 shoot the basketball i mean i don't know why he's not like a 40 percent um nba like 40 percent from three in his career but he's that kind of a shooter um, he's probably one of the best free throw shooter of the league uh, probably in the top five over the last uh, few years i think that gallo just had like little luck in terms of his health and mm-hmm. stuff like that because he's a player. I remember him when he, when he was 16, 17, playing professional basketball in, in Italy. He was awesome. He was super athletic, super skilled. And the first season in New York, I, I remember him shooting eight threes per game. <laughs> it was just, just <laughs> that player. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I love him as a player um, and it's It's great to watch him in a Thunder jersey, to be honest with you. I always dreamt about him uh, pairing with uh, KD and with Russell and stuff like that. To having him now, it's different, but nevertheless, it's great Mm -hmm. um, uh, to have him here. I think he provides the space that both Schroeder, NSGA, and and also Chris Paul need uh, to operate. And the reason why OKC is still able to... To be in uh, like competitive is because they have guys who, like Gallo who can really space the floor and and get you a basket whenever you need it. Last night he had that uh, three pointer. Um, I don't remember who was guarding him but from the dribble just shoot it and made it uh, and it was very important to in the fourth quarter to regain a solid lead and Gallo can give you those buckets, maybe mm-hmm. he will not be uh, super consistent throughout the game, he go in spurts uh, he used to start like he, he likes to start hot and to, to get a lot of shots in the first half then maybe he drops a little bit to, to be ready uh, for the um, last part of the game but but yeah, I mean, he has been great, and if I uh, was a GM uh, of another team, I, w- I will look really hard to Gallo because there are worse ways to spend the first round pick than Daniel Galinari uh, because he can really help you. He will play in the playoffs, even if uh, you use him as a small ball five, um, you can you can cover for him way more. You know, like if you use him. With another big man, maybe um, if, you've, if you go against guys like Donovan Mitchell or Harden, it would be tough. But if you play him as a five and you drop him in pick and rolls, then it's, it's sustainable. And the offense that he can give you, especially when the ball is heavy, uh, as we say here in Italy, um, it's, it's something that you can, um, you can make use of uh, in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. I would be surprised if a team doesn't offer a first on pick for him
1: mm-hmm. yeah i think so and, and portland is more likely than ever it feels like was that collins yeah. being out uh because now who plays the four for them uh mario mario there's a lot of mario going on with his 8.3 per uh Scals has to play some um it's a it's it's a, I mean, Anthony Tolliver is obviously a guy that plays a ton for them, but that's, if Anthony Tolliver is your best option at the four, uh, you need another option. Yeah. And so you kind of wonder what, what would a trade look like between the Thunder and Blazers? I mean, would, I don't know, the Blazers would entertain a like Gallinari Galinari, Nerlens Noel for Bazemore and Zach Collins. I don't know that they would, I don't know if they would entertain that or not. I think they would immediately make them a much better team. Uh, but do you want to give up the future of Zach Collins? Um, if I'm a Blazers fan, I say heck no to that. Um, I don't think they're going to include Anthony Simons, which would be nice. Now, Nasir Little is something else. Like that, that might be a, a real thing. In which case, you don't have to include a Nerlens. You could do Baysmore and Nasir Little for Gallinari straight up. And yeah, I I was not a Nasir Little guy. Um, in the draft he dropped quite a bit um, but he's a, he's at least a kind of an interesting wing uh, that has some pedigree but um, for me I'm not sure that that's enough and maybe I'd probably rather just have their first round pick rather than yeah, necessarily exactly. So, exactly
0: 2022 2023 oh yeah uh, somewhere G- in the future give me the,
1: give me the 22 pick and done signed sealed delivered see you later Gallo hope you guys can get to the conference finals again you know that's yeah that's the kind of pick that I'd want and if you're wondering why I'm excited that's the it's not for sure that that's going to be the double draft but it's likely and if you're the thunder and you can get you have SGA you have Baisley um, you go and get a guy in the 2020 draft, likely a lottery pick. You get a guy in the lottery at 2021, great. You'll probably have a better pick in 2021 because I think the Thunder will be worse the next season. And then maybe the, you hit on those guys. And then you come into the 2022 draft, which is supposed to be the double draft, which means high school players and uh, one and dones with in college are all coming out. So the best of the high school and the best of the one and duns. So you're talking in a, like, basically almost two lotteries uh, in yeah. one draft. You want as many picks in that draft as you can, and you might be able to bait them into that right now, um, the Blazers, because 2022, I mean, Dame and CJ are not going to be the same guys that they are today. And so – um you do Baysmore and Gallinari, and I think you have to include a little bit more money. You can do Scalabissier, who's they could probably they're fine letting him go just for money's sake. Twenty twenty two first round pick.
0: Boom. Yeah, I mean that's it. Probably works straight up as well. Um.
1: Yeah, I think you're right.
0: Because yeah, straight like up. That, that, yeah, straight
1: up, it does work, and it saves the Thunder money. Great,
0: does exactly. Give it to it me. goes. Yeah, it goes. You go below the luxury tax. Another another place where I see Gallo working, as well as Steven, as well as basically every uh, OKC player is Atlanta. Um, they will probably have to make a decision if they want to um, to speed up the process a bit. They have salaries that are completely irrelevant for them. Yeah, and Crab, even Turner, Chandler Parsons. Um, I don't think Gallinari makes any sense for them, but Steven does. Steven and, does. Uh,
1: I know it feels sad.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. Basically, you can do straight up Parsons for Adams. Then you probably just wave Parsons uh, because you don't want him near your uh, youngster or Nora in the locker room. And um, right. And you can you, you can work out trades like that. Uh, I think that, and it's become clear by the day, that OKC will have no rush in terms of selling and or keeping um, the the veterans. Because it doesn't make any sense. I mean, you don't have to trade Steven this season. You don't have to trade Chris this season. You probably have to trade Galinari, but an offer will come. And you don't even have to trade Schroeder. I mean, if you end up the season with a little bit more wins, yes, your draft, your draft pick will be a little bit worse. Maybe, if you're unlucky. Um, but it it is better to have better offers on those guys mm-hmm. than, than like you will likely not be the number one seed in in, in the draft because it's 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 too uh, like too little of a chance. You will not be the worst team in the NBA probably. Yeah. Even if you no, say Gallinari yeah. today, like you will win around thirty probably. The worst team and in so, the NBA is Golden State. Yeah. How how miffed are you about this? Like, <laughs> OKC was trying to win in 2016 and they had the Clay Thompson game. Yeah. Then in the summer, OKC was trying, really trying to keep Kevin Durant mm-hmm. and they stole him. Then a year after I, I don't remember what happened, but anyway, uh, now OKC is trying to tank. <laughs> they are really trying to get the best pick they can. I prefer the th- uh, I prefer the term trying to get more superstars
1: rather than because I think that's how we need to frame it. Because I think when a, the fan base thinks about trying to tank, like no, people no, no. people flip out about that. You know what I mean? Like I think that we need yeah, to yeah. start. We need to shift the mindset of where they're trying to tank because I think that people are like tanking doesn't work. Okay. Here's what the Thunder are Act- trying to do. The, what they're Act- actually Act- trying to do is trying to get more superstars, and to do that, they have to lose. So, I, I yes. want to. I'm going to petition to uh, to start calling tanking, trying to get superstars.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So he's trying to uh, quote quote uh, getting more superstars and Golden State is finding a way to do it better. I know. They just they fake
1: the Curry injury. I say, we're not going to win anyways, guys. Curry, I want you to drive in. And we're, Aaron Baines, he's going to make contact because that's what he know he does. You're going to fall, grab your left hand, so it's not your shooting hand, and then we're going we're to we're wrap you up, and you can go trick-or-treating with your kids tomorrow night. And then just don't worry about it. Yeah. I think it's, a good, it's a good tactic. They're light years ahead. I get it. There's a guy named Kai Bowman, who I've never heard of in my whole life, who played 38 minutes last night. Kai Bowman. I could be making that up right now. I could be. You wouldn't know. I didn't know. Never heard of him. That's what's happening. This is next level for the Warriors, and it is. It does make me super miffed because this is their starting lineup: Jordan Poole, Kai Bowman, Willie Collie Stein, Glenn Robinson III, and Eric Paschke. Like, give me a break. Like, get out of here, Golden State. Yeah. This is our. This is supposed to be our time. It's supposed to be yeah. our time. Get out of here with that. Go try to win forty five games and get out of my face. I hate this.
0: Yeah, but the point is, should I go back and and call for Nader to be on the court more? <laughs> <On> sti- <laughs> stick no, with no, face? no, 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 no. Don't don't <laughs> get it twisted. Don't,
1: don't get it twisted because I would. This season is about developing real talent,
0: right? Wait, wait. I have a weir- very weird season. Uh, so where we'll start uh, can you name can, can you guess the PR of Mike Muscala and Abdel Nader from the top of your head oh negative 4 I don't no know. no they are both positive oh, they, are? they are very weird Yes, S- 6 no Muscala is at 0. 0.2 <laughs> <laughs> and, and Nader is 1.2 oh wow
1: hey there yes. Nader he's done something he's done something oh boy All right, I'm gonna let McKelly go to bed thank you guys for listening to our podcast follow McKelly on Twitter at Mikey Barry you can follow me on Twitter Andrew K. Schlecht go to your phone right now if you've got an iPhone if you don't you can ignore this part and just go to a computer where you can go on uh, Apple Podcasts and give us a rating but if you do have an iPhone which I know most of you do please click on the Purple Podcast app Search down to dunk, hit five stars. I think we're like 33 away from getting a thousand, and having a thousand reviews uh, would be really cool. One, because I live in Oklahoma City and we love round numbers still, and two, it just looks really good for us um, in getting more sponsors and kind of pushing our podcast along. Um, So Getting to that number would be really helpful, so if you could today, something you can do to help us that's free of no cost, and if you listen to us week in, week out, and you haven't done it yet, uh, which I know a lot of you have not, it would be super duper great if you could do that. Uh, also, if you're international, so this, if you don't know this, uh, the way that Apple structures it is they um, they do it by country, and so for everybody that's in the United States, that's who it counts. So if you could, if you're our international, I don't look at the international ones often, screenshot it to me because I really, I do want to see them. It does, they do mean a lot to me, Um, mean a whole lot to me. So I appreciate really any kind of review that's left, especially five stars. So leave us a five star review. Hope you guys have a great day and we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday with Alex Pierce.